I see a lot and I and I feel a lot and um, everything that happens around you, especially uh, they enter your body and you need to recover from that and you need to give it a place. And I felt from a very young age, I do that through movement. So um, for example, when people are very intellectual or we are in school and we just discuss facts, for me, I, I cannot express myself in that. It's for me very hard to just um, go over academic stuff, for example. Like I need to feel vibes, I need to feel atmospheres, I need to feel emotions. Like that's what makes me feel alive and that's what makes me feel like I can learn something from that. So first of all, thank you so much for you know accepting my invitation. I saw your work, I think it was last year, and I saw Sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the San Francisco Dance Festival. I yeah. can't remember, but and um, so I saw your work and I loved it. And that's how I then I needed to find out who made that and mm-hmm. came across you and your work. So yeah, I loved it. It really. It was a piece that I that really got me on all levels. Thank you. So, <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, thank you for creating work like that. So for people that don't know you, can you please introduce yourself? Yes, of course. Uh, my name is Emma Eiflein and I am a uh, urban contemporary dancer, choreographer, and I'm also a director. I studied uh, urban contemporary dance in Amsterdam. And after that, I went to Israel to do a few internships, for example, with kibbutz. Uh, I trained a bit with Bacheva and I danced in Fresco in Tel Aviv. Um, I did some other projects in Europe. And um, on my journey, I started to develop my urban contemporary dance language, as they say it, as most people call it. And um, at the same time, I started to develop my sense for film because I ever since I was a kid I was always uh, super interested in in visual and I always projected everything from my mind that I experienced in in kind of films in my head and I started to project them also in film and and to research how I how I can do that and uh, alongside with my own style and I started to develop a taste for dance film basically so when I moved back to Amsterdam to my home I decided to start my own company for dance for theater and also for film and a year later I started to uh, give uh, master classes over the whole world so I went to also to Israel, but also to the States and South Africa and everywhere in Europe and Russia. And, and that, again, taught me a lot how I want to work with dancers and how I love to meet new people. And um, so everything just kind of fell together. And now I'm trying to go further with this research, basically. With research? Yes, oh. with, with my research. So... 
everything that has to do with um, the, the dance style that I love, the urban contemporary scene, um, how I can translate this on camera, how I can translate this in the theater, and how I can translate it to dance students or professionals, um, how I can invite them in my world. And basically, they are all different disciplines, but I see them as one research. They're all very connected for me in my head because it all has to do with the same poetry that I feel within myself and everything that I'm experiencing. Um, so yeah, so that, that's really nice. Mm. You you said that uh, you started from very young into like you are very visual. Like actually, my my question is how like what's your story? How did you go into dance? How did you go into film? Like was it like uh, an encounter? Like if if you could go back into the the beginnings of of you, yeah. like can you tell us about it? Absolutely. Um, I felt like my what my mom always told me, it's a bit of a cliche, but she said I could dance before I could walk. Um, before, uh, when I was very little, I always had a tendency to move. Like I, I could do that for hours. She would, I, we used to have in the living room, this bungee jump kind of thing, like some sort of saddle with um, elastics on the, on the ceiling. And I would just bounce around and she could let me do that for five six hours and I would not be bored and ever since then I think um, um, because I'm I'm a high sensitive person I don't know if you're familiar with that but I see a lot and I and I feel a lot and um, everything that happens around you especially uh, they enter your body and you need to recover from that and you need to give it a place and I felt from a very young age I do that through movement so um, for example, when people are very intellectual or we are in school and we just discuss facts, for me, I, I cannot express myself in that. It's for me very hard to just um, go over academic stuff, for example. Like I need to feel vibes, I need to feel atmospheres, I need to feel emotions. Like that's what makes me feel alive and that's what makes me feel like I can learn something from that. And I've always had that. So my mom is an artist, so she would have these really big galleries and exhibitions. And I would just run around and see all the people and see all the artworks. And it would make me feel fantastic. And my, my mom and dad, they put me on ballet when I was three years old. And then when I was seven, also on hip hop and street dance. And later I did, when I was 11, also jazz. And um, it was just the best days. Like when I dance, I could just not think about anything and understand everything about myself and the rest of the world. And then the moment that I stop dancing, maybe two minutes after everything comes back in, then everything it's, it's harder to process again. So for me, movement, it's really, it's really a storage and a processing and, um, and an expression in everything that I feel and see around myself. And I have had that since a very young age, basically. Do you think, that like what, what you're telling me now about um, how sensitive you are to to the world and to all these inputs like do you think that your mother really helped you channel and and like um your parents like help you to channel these um this because i guess i imagine that in a young age like was overwhelming what was this like so how did your yeah. how how was it for you um, if it's too personal, please let me. In. You oh, tell me but um, but yeah, I'm interested to know more about about that, about how 
you were able to understand yourself and how you interact with the world and and the input of your parents in the in this whole experience for you yes of course so the funny thing is is that i have a very sensitive mom but a very extrovert dad and uh, my mom she's cool with herself like she can work on herself but she's also very sensitive but socially super intelligent but my dad he loves to be around people And I happen to be have both. So I love to be around people and move myself within them and look at them and taste from them. Uh, and then I have to go back to myself and process it. So I'm basically a mix between my, my parents there. And I think they both did their part in instructing me in, in, in both ways. Um, but I think because also I have this extreme mix, um, It was also maybe hard for them to understand the other sides. Um, and so I would go to school and every, the, the most interesting from, thing for me is how the kids will collaborate with each other. Who is best friends with who? Uh, who laughs about who? What is your opinion about everyone? You know, all the social structures were fascinating for me. Um, but at that age, when you're young, you don't understand yet that people don't see the same things as you do. For example, I could be in the front of the class and I knew a kid in the back of the class would feel miserable. And I knew that, and for the rest, nobody knows that. But you don't realize that when you're young. You think you, you, when you see stuff, everybody can see it. So for me, I was like, why does nobody do something about this kid that is feeling miserable? And then sometimes the world can become a bit hard um and um and and under a misunderstanding and um and i i know that i struggle with this a lot growing up as a kid because i saw a lot of things that nobody seemed to care about or seemed to know about and i think growing up even to this very day i still struggle with that sometimes like how to um access my vulnerability and my sensitivity and how much to keep stuff to myself to not make it too complicated for my head because um, when you see a lot of things there's also other people that see like uh, other kind of structures I know that those people uh, sometimes you need distraction because it can be too much for your head for example um, but I think coming down to everything my my parents did a really great job in understanding it at until a certain point um, because they both had those extremes that I have both in, in myself. Mm. Also because my mom is an artist, she, she understands the, the visualizing and the processing your, your sensitivity inside of your art and how you see the world. And I think she was a really good mentor for me in that. Mm. When, when you arrived in Yeah, in Israel, how how did your did your life look back then? So I was 21. I was doing an internship with Kibbutz Contemporary Dance Company, and I have been going to a school where um, they trained artists. So it was not really technical, but they were like, when you were on stage, you have to be interesting for an audience, and it was mentally really hard. And they put a mirror all the time in front of you, like this is you, this is how people can see you. These are your weak points. Like get over it. It was really like a good training, and also in music, 
practicality and in urban like isolations and hip hop techniques and contemporary techniques, it was really good, but I wasn't that technical yet. So when I came to Israel and we had this really big fourth positions in ballet and this grand chatez and everything, uh, a world really opened up for me because it was so physical. I, I've never expected that. And ever, ever now and until this day, I, I really feel like I take so much from it because the Israeli dance, it's, it's very poetic and it's super big and it's really physical and it's out there and it's so interesting. So that was so new to me and I had to learn how to move my body in a completely different way. But also I already started to realize the good stuff that I got from back home, like the, the urban stuff and the musicality and the expression, because that was already there. So I felt, I, I, I realized pretty soon that I had met a, a best of both worlds actually. And also in Amsterdam or in the Netherlands, we can have a quite grounded mentality, like kind of direct, like pretty numb like just say whatever you want to say and then don't say anything else you know <laughs> and in Israel people are very open and poetic and um and uh way more alive in my senses and of course in the kibbutz you become very close with dancers really fast so I got to dive into extremes within physicality within bonding within friendship within creating and just training so so much um, so I think it has really I still look at it as one of the best decisions in my life that I went there because I felt like everything that I have been missing or didn't even realize I have been missing um, I, I met in Israel and um, I still I still think about that time as as life-changing and I never let go of that feeling again how long like so you've been in Amsterdam now so you're based there now right yeah yeah so, I'm based here for three years three years and so what are you I mean I know because I follow your work so I know that you uh, do like um like commercial work as in uh, uh, designing or, or doing the choreography for uh, ad campaigns and also you do film work and then you do like solo work. So right now, um, what, what are you working on at the moment? And I'm interested in uh, to learn more about two things, like your commercial work, like how how do you navigate between the, the commercial work and all of that and your personal creative work? Right. And how you how do you go about it? Right, right. So it was really interesting for me that um, I actually also enjoy commercial work a lot. Um, the, the superficial level of it, I hate it. And I also always, when they ask me for uh, commercial work, I always say, I'm going to bring my own style. I'm going to bring my way of working. And I'm not going to bend for understandings in the commercial world, like... Um, easy sell, like expressive and fakeness, for example, or um, easy, easy things. I, I don't do that. So what, what I still um, looking for in my commercial world is to still give that feeling that I have when I choreograph, but inside of the suit of the commercial. Um, but what I do feel like that, that, it, that it can touch each other is that a commercial is there also to show you or sell you uh, something. And I feel like um, we can sell a lot with our passion, 
I think um, a lot of people are interested in our passion and dance is of course expression and it's passion and it's movement. So in my opinion, movement goes very well with ad advertising, mm. but you have that good balance between not going fake or, or not going easy. And I have had some searches with directors that um, we didn't agree so much. And sometimes I had to give in a little bit more, but overall, um, when I get to know the people a little bit better, and get to know myself and how to work, I feel like I can get there better every time. And, um, and I have to say, I met the most amazing artists on commercial work. Because sometimes we, we all need, need to do it. Um, maybe to put money in other projects, maybe to, I don't know, if you have a bad month. But there's not only just commercial people working on commercials. There's actually beautiful work, people working on commercials. And every, especially when they let you free and let you do your, your thing. So amazing things can go out of it. And it doesn't have to be flat and it doesn't have to be fake. And I think, especially in dance, producers and directors seem to realize that more and more. You see more and more contemporary dance in commercials. And it's, it's starting to have its place in, in more the commercial world. And I, I do love it. I love abstract classical music for, for dance, but I also love the just going, you know, sometimes just freestyle on a Britney Spears, you know, you don't have to label yourself. It's, it's about being true to yourself. And if you love the freestyle on classical music, and if you love the freestyle on Britney Spears or Justin Timberlake, it doesn't matter because it's still you. And I had to understand that for myself, like it's okay that you like both and that you cannot be put in a, in a label. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I actually really enjoy it. So that's, that's the whole funny thing. And, and music videos are a bit in between. So that's when I try to still have that passion and direct energy translated, but more also with, with more poetic and more abstract features inside. And then of course I have also the work that can be more um, artistic. Mm. And um, that's also where I take completely the freedom to research new things. And while on, in the commercial side, I rely on things that I already know so I can I can shape it into a commercial uh, concept that will suit this, this project, for example. Um, yeah, and so uh, in my artistic, I'm, I'm working on a new big film. For the first time, I got allowed a, a director's project. I'm directing my first big film, which I'm super excited about. It's a dance film with 12 dancers in a train that are making a journey. And it's basically what I already said about in the beginning of the interview, it's about feeling each other and knowing that you're all together in a limited space and how you, how you deal with each other's energy and each other's uh, boundaries and, um, but also solidarity and creating friends, which is again, kind of a reference to the dance world, which I'm super, super thankful for. I feel so at home in the dance world, even though it's a hard and vulnerable world. Um, so this is this is the subject also of the film and um, I'm working it out with my mom who's an artist we're making all these gorgeous storyboards and big drawings um, so she's she's drawing my visual ideas about the film um, and probably in the summer we'll start with rehearsals and we're doing location scouting now 
So I, th I think it will be grand, but I've been working on this for two years. So I cannot wait to, to execute it. And it's actually with the producers of Sisters. Again. Ah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So yeah. with Sisters, okay, I have a, a few questions. Uh, the first question with Sisters so was, uh, you directed, so you were the movement director yeah. and, and you were working with another director or like, yeah. So how was that? for you to work with a director? Was that something that you found uh, easy? Well, maybe not easy, but was that something that you enjoyed? Did you yeah. find, did you struggle with, you know, the collaboration with another mind? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I because the thing is that um, I am somebody who loves collaboration, but I'm also a Leo, like my sign is a Leo. It's, it's very important for me to know that I can put my, um, my, my signature on something. And so I'm always a bit nervous about this. But uh, also it was in my beginning years because I started film seriously in 2017. And Sisters was actually one of the first films that I did here in Amsterdam. And there, or there was already a script and the, the director was already there. And um, I told her, she, she sent me a script, but I'm very bad with letters and, and long uh, texts. Okay. So I said, just send me the emotions of the girls and the process, the process of the girls. I just want to know what I need to translate, like not what is happening, but how we are feeling in the scene. Like that's the most important thing to me. And I'm really happy that I already did that then. And they made a separate script for me, which was just the process of the character and the emotion inside. Um, and then I started to work with the girls and I have to say that they gave me a lot of freedom. So that already made it so much more easy. Um, and of course, um, you have a lot of ideas about how you want to shoot it, but that was more her choice. And, and that was okay, because I was also there to learn. And um, But they gave me the feeling that I could do exactly what I wanted to do with the dance. And that was that that is very important, I think, as a choreographer, that you get the trust from a director. Um, I also worked with Hernan Correra uh, later. He's from Argentina, and he again gave me this, this feeling um, that it's that it's just really nice what you're doing and that you can have the freedom and you can try and experiment instead of a director that immediately says, oh no, but I don't want that, right? Because sometimes they're like, oh, I don't know. And then they see it on set and they're like, oh, I actually like this very much. So then they seem to understand they, they don't know so much about dancing. So also you have to invite them to your world and say, I, this is what I mean with this. This is what I mean with that. Um, but I have the feeling I, I always got the freedom and um, the collaboration was actually really nice. Um, and I also feel, especially when you're not directing, that you don't have to agree on everything to give it your all. Um, I think it's very important that if you know that you have to leave some parts of yourself behind, in some cases, not everything, um, it's, it's good to train as well, because I feel like that's also the, the, the source, no, sorry, the core of collaboration. It's that you give it your all, you see how it fits. And if you, if you have to leave one or two parts of you out of it, it's okay, right? Because we, you all go for the same, the same end result, the same, um, the same process, the same project. So 
um, I have as as my one of my first big short films. I have experienced that very very well. I'm I'm very curious to know more about uh, your process working with the director in terms of how how did you communicate it? Like for example, you said okay, so the process of the of the characters and the emotions. How did you communicate it that? Uh, I don't know if you can talk about that now, uh, but I'm, I'm like, how How do you, what do you respond to? Like, what is it that, because I can say, well, this is happening in the, in the, in that scene, like, these are the yeah. actions, these are, are the events, but how do you translate yeah. that into, into exactly. the character process? Can you give me an example? Yes, of course. So, for example, in Sisters, at some point, the older sister, She's pulled away from from the other two. What the director and the and the uh, screenwriter told me is now the middle one. It's the she's the oldest, so she feels um, pressure to look over the youngest one. But she's also the most rebellion. So the youngest one is not really sure how she feels about that, and she actually she misses the oldest one. So there's a lot of friction between the two younger sister now. So. This is also, for example, why I choose to, in the, in the beginning, the younger sister, she's standing with her eyes closed because she's scared and she feels alone. And then the middle sister, she comes to her and she taps her with her chin like, it's okay, I'm here. And then the middle sister, she, she kind of dominates the younger sister. She starts to, to control her body parts, her arms, her head. So she's, she's controlling her like a doll at some point. But the younger sister doesn't accept it. So she turns around. And then the middle sister is like, okay, no, but this is not okay. So there's a there's a conflict. And that's the moment when they start slapping each other, when they try to hit each other, when they try to push each other over. And then there's a moment that they get both tired and they have to realize, well, oh, but we're here together and we, there's no mom and dad, there's no older sister. So we have to be here for each other. And that's the moment when uh, the younger sister gets up in her handstand and the middle sister grabbing her legs and putting her down really softly. And she pulls her up like really like this, this, this uh, supporting role again. And then they decide both of them to get into this really big sweater and to just play with each other. Cause that's in the end, that's all they could do because they're, they're super young. So this is how I kind of like try to see what is exactly translated in a moment and how can I, um, and how can I uh, translate that to actual movement, like dominating and supporting and lifting up and, and attacking. Those are all elements that we can understand from our social relationships and how, how they can change. It's also the beauty of a relationship changing all the time, especially one of with you sister, because there's so much extremes, there's so much love and hate and bullying and everything at the same time. So this is also why it was interesting. Um, so basically this is how I have tried to approach this. And the beautiful thing is, is that I movement directed this and I choreographed this, but also for, for a bit, I left it kind of for them to fill in because the nine-year-old younger sister she was actually 10 right so you don't have to say like act like a 10 year old you can just let her be because it's already her 
right? So basically what you can do is just make a, make a first version of a draft of a choreography and then see how their youth and their, their innocence is already filling it in, for example. Um, and, and that's also really interesting to understand that there's already stuff there that you can work with. And then all you just have to do is, is, is take the process and the emotion in your imagination and then just go in the studio. Mm. Wow. And that's what the director gave me. All these different different elements. And some of them I, I made it up. For example, that they lie under the bed and they have this little phrase with their hands that they're grabbing the lights. Um, I just should suggested that and also that they start against the wall because I thought that was super beautiful because then you still have this bedroom to enter they're not already in the bedroom but they're against the wall so that in in the way of the film we can enter this 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 room so we don't occupy already all the space there's only a little bit of space where we have danced and then the rest of the film we can use more things in the room for example so those are choreographic things I think you can suggest to a director to make it even more uh, composition-wise interesting and better to work with. Do you so because you you are also a filmmaker, correct? Yeah. So do you do you think that that like because you're a dancer, you're a choreographer, and you're a filmmaker, that was a, for you was you were able to to translate, or not to translate, but to create something specifically for film. Do you find that maybe a, a challenge for choreographers that are used to just work with theater will find it challenging to choreograph for film? Absolutely. I think, I think the approach for film and theater, it's completely different. Um, I think the things that you have to hold in account when you're creating choreography, um, it's, it's completely different approach to choreography. It's completely different composition. Um, there's so many, already so many things you can think about. For example, in film, the audience, it's never sitting in one position in a theater. You can place the audience wherever you want. You can even let the audience move around the character, right? Um, but there's, there's other elements. There's also styling and light and, and sound. Um, you can, you can inject um, elements that support even more what your choreography needs to translate. Um, I'm also doing a very deep research now about dance and cinematography, how, and it's also sound, so kind of a triangle, how you can direct this triangle in order to make one really good translation of a scene. And I feel like in film, like in spoken film, there's so much um, development already happening. While in dance, it's still often a registration somehow, or just a hip camera movement around the choreography, but we can go so much deeper. And just like dance and just like theater, dance film is a study that, that you need to take your time for. And it can take years before you find um, your own sense, your own style inside of that. And whether it's good or not, I think cinematography and dance together, it's super important if you want to tell a story in film. You cannot just create a choreography that tells a story and put a camera on top. It, that's, that's not art, that's a re registration, in my opinion. Eh? And I feel, especially now in the corona time, a lot of th people think really easy about about capturing the choreography with the camera. Um, 
but I think people can go way deeper still. And uh, for me, it's, it's really interesting to think about this. I study it for every day, actually a few hours. Also um, thinking about my new project, but also in general. And um, I also, I teach workshop now that, that, I, that learned me again, also a lot from it. So, um, um, so you teach a, a workshop on, on yeah, screen to, dance. Exactly, how to make dance in film. Um, and I'm not saying I'm there yet, not at all. But I do feel like I'm on my way of, of learning about it and see how we can get deeper and further. Um, and I think being a choreographer, you're already used to setting things in motion. So why not the camera? Why not set the camera in motion in a way that, that feels good and translate the story in a good way? Um, but there's, there's, there's so much more to come when it comes to that, I think. What is your process, your process of a study? Like, do you, do you follow a certain process? Um, I'm, I'm actually really curious, um, like, a, like, how do you go about studying? How do you go into going deeper uh, from when you started, which is, I, I am imagining that, that is a long, that has been a long process and where you, where you are now and where you were, I don't know how many years ago, uh, yeah. it's, it's this learning curve and it's everything that has happened in between. Yeah. But today, today, like, you know, for people that would like to do the, the, the same thing that you are doing or they just wanna feel inspired by your process, like what yeah. is your process? What do you do? Well, first of all, I think it's always good to pay attention in, 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 uh, in real life. For example, when you're in the train and you start to ride and you see people on the platform that shoot you by, for example, or you're on the bike or when I'm teaching and I'm seeing uh, people dance, I already think, why was that movement interesting? From my point of view, let's say I'm a camera and I'm on the bike and I see things happening. When I speed up with my bike or slow down, what is the better choice and why? For example, I think real life is already giving us a lot of opportunities to really look what do I see and what movement does it have and what, how does it affect me as a viewer, for example. Then the second thing is imagination. I love to put music and just make up video clips in my mind at the spot. I have been doing it since I was very young. I feel like this is my biggest inspiration. And I just write stuff down, like what, what I see. And then I write down the movement. I write down the camera movement. I write down um, the intention of the dance, the, the performance, the expression. And I write down why it would work for me and what kind of emotion it sets free. Um, so imagination in that, it's super, super important. Of course, I get inspired by film, by others. I have watched, for example, now the first season of, of Euphoria, which have some genius cinematography. Just by the way, sometimes um, it transfers from scene to scene or from character to character. They have paid attention so much to what is seen uh, should say or what the emotion is or what kind of atmosphere is in the air and it's almost like sometimes the camera can float on top of it so the camera does not become isolated from a scene it becomes a part of a scene like it's there like it's a character that is there um, and also of course I watch things and I write for myself why I don't think it works or why movement is not um, believable why it's not expressed in a sincere way um, and then sometimes when I choreograph, I ask myself, 
how would I, how, now how would I film it? How would I use the camera when I would have this choreography? Um, there's so many options that you can do, but I think one of the most important thing is, 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 is realizing you like something or not and asking yourself why that is and maybe even write it down. So the next time you go to a director or you go to a set and they're like, okay, we need this and this and this. You think, oh, what did I learn about this situation? What would fit right? And how, how can I experiment with it? So instead of like, it's a guess or something that you would enjoy doing or something you think it's nice, um, there's already a technique down, down there that you can use and that you can propose to yourself. So I think paying attention and constantly having it in your mind is a really good training. Um, and also don't watch too much uh, what other people do because I think your imagination is one of the most powerful things there is because nobody imagines the things that you do. We're all individual. And um, sometimes in film work, especially even more in the dance world, I see people copying each other. And I think that's when you're killing your art. You should always stay inside. So also that's why I try not to look so much at dance film of, of others, not because I don't enjoy them, a lot of people are making beautiful work, but I want to keep everything that's inside my head alive and not just see it on screens, for example, or in the studio. Two last questions. And, and yeah. like the first one, going back to the film that you're uh, developing right now. Yeah. So where are you, where are you at with, with, um, with the project? So you said that you are developing storyboards yeah. Uh, and um, so do you have like a shooting shooting dates yet like no unfortunately because of COVID it's not doable yet because in the Netherlands what is allowed is going up and down like crazy so it's very unexpected um, but the script is ready and I have a really good um, casting idea in my mind and we have somebody on art and styling and a composition who's working on music and materials and um and we're doing location visits so i see the most beautiful trains that are here in the netherlands mm -hmm. um, so i would say in pre-production like part before rehearsals we're getting there but um before we 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 start rehearsing with all the dancers in the studio we need to know that it's safe and that it's allowed and sometimes it's really frustrating but at the same time i keep getting little presents every day in my mind, like little new ideas, little movement, little pieces of choreography. Um, and basically everything, it's, it's welcomed. I, I, I have like um, a document of 30 pages now where I write everything down. And then when that moment comes, I have so much to choose from that feels right in that moment or for that scene or for the story. Um, so I also see it as a luxury. So when you when you are choreographing and you are uh, coming up with all these ideas for a movement for um, for mm -hmm. everything in your in your uh, in your film, like do you do that before you go into with the composer? Like how do you is that something that you do you do contem uh, simultaneously uh, in terms of like uh, creating your movements? and then giving that to the musician or do you hear what he or she does and then yeah yeah i understand so so the, one of the most exhausting things about this film for me is that 
I did not have a, um, uh, how do you say that, um, um, a growing buildup. Sometimes I, I got inspired for scenes because of music. Sometimes I got inspired for scenes because of choreography. Sometimes because of the location. Sometimes because of certain sounds that I would hear in, in other music. Sometimes because of a certain character or a styling. Um, so everything was brought to me through different canals, you can basically say. And I feel like now I'm at the point that everything started, starts to fall together. So I, I over the time, I collected a, a list of all these songs that I think would fit somehow somewhere or have a sound in them that would fit the train, for example, or when you would sit down or what we hear in the air. Or, and I think this list I'm, I'm sending to the composer so he can go over that and um, start to develop his own ideas because I, I don't like to explain people what I would like to do, but I would like to feel them, let, let them feel or let them hear it or show them or send an image or send a piece of music. Or I like to create art by, by having art around me. Like for me, this is, this is the best way. Um, because for me, art is, it's not explainable. The feeling that I want to translate, it's not explainable by words. This is also why I dance. I feel like there's, there's things beyond words around us all the time. And so whenever I speak to my crew, crew members, I prefer to, to what I already said, like a show painting or an image or a piece of music or, or a movement instead of just explaining what I would like to see because I think then everybody can go in a lot of different directions but I feel when you show a piece of art as an example um, we all stay in kind of the same form I feel like yeah, yeah so for yeah. me it's, it's the best and I mean because dance films commercially speaking they they do have a narrow um uh, market so how do you I mean the first part of like getting funding for your work but then how do you um, come like how do you make sure that then your work is going to have a, a good distribution you know like in terms of like it's going to get to people and not only that it's going to get to people but that the people that gave you the money are going to be happy with with um, the, the how many people are watching it. Like, do you have an, uh, ideas for that? Like, how do you approach that? Because it's about your work as an artist, what you yeah. want to create, but at the same time, is your the the need of uh, satisfy and meet the needs of the people financing your work. Of course, of course. Um... So I, I, when, when people give, give me, if I get funded for a project, I take it very seriously to take everything out of there, what, what is possible. Um, I'm not somebody that would say, oh yeah, we do that and we have fun and we'll see. Like, I, I think I'm too ambitious for, for that. I, I want to make sure that everything can be can be uh, done that that can be done so that it becomes the best project there is because of passion not because of uh, um, and I feel the end result um, it's it's not always my job to to bring it to the people a lot of that is production especially in advertising it's it's far beyond my 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 function 
Um, but I, what I do work on, I, I have a social media account on my Instagram and my website, and I do place things on there that I think are, are worth watching and that I can keep people interested and also committed to the dance. It's not really about attention, um, to say that very honestly, not really, maybe a bit, but, um, um, I, 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 I love when people can get enthusiastic about the dance and about dance film and about uh, taking class because I know there's has been people that have done that for me and and I think somebody that can activate your passion and stuff it's everything I mean like like you tell, telling me that you love sisters so much that's fantastic right so in that sense it is really important for me that it gets out there and that be that is sent to to a lot of festivals for example or that i can place it somewhere on online where people can watch it or um but i do have to say it is really about um that i hope that the place where i will send it to that it's well suited there it's not like that i want to send it to a lot of big places just because it gets a lot of views for me the atmosphere and the sort of festival or the sort channel or the sort of social media it's important for me that it's um that it's well suited and that i know it will meet people that actually enjoy it that's really really important for me um but i do work har hard on exposure um but i think for the good reasons as much as possible, yeah. How can people find you online to see so, your work? Yeah, so I have a website, which is www.emmaeflein.com. I have an Instagram account, which is just at emmaeflein. And I work a lot on my Vimeo. So if you go, you can watch all my work there as well. So if you go to Vimeo and you type in my name, I'm sure you will find me too. Thank you so much. Um, I I hope that we can repeat this conversation. Maybe not for uh, for a podcast, but there is so much I would like to to um, like ask questions and and obviously continue uh, like following your work. I I really love it. I really love what you do. Um, as you were saying, like with dance and with art, but especially like at least for me with dance, that there is so much I feel I cannot put words and and what yeah. I feel and. And all of that, and and definitely your work is is one that touches me in ways that I can't say why why mm -hmm. why it touches me so deeply. It does, and um, and I wanted to thank you. Thank you. I love your questions. <laughs> uh, I I learned a lot today, and definitely I'm gonna take today to to think about everything we discussed today yeah. because um yeah. I, I definitely learned a lot from you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and Thank we, you. we keep in touch. Yes, for sure, for sure. Thank you so much for inviting me. No, thank you. Speak to you soon. Ciao, Speak ciao. To you soon. Have a good day. Thank you so much for joining us in this episode. The Experimenters is hosted and produced by me, Anna Corey, with intro and outro music by Gerardo Perez Justi. If you enjoyed this episode, then do us a favor and rate and review us on iTunes. It is a tremendous help in getting our message out there. And you know, let us know what you like. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time.